Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about. Transform every week of yours with our brilliance bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We are here at the NIDA convention where we have been interviewing so many wonderful folks um, associated with PBS. <laughs> and our guest today is our new buddy, Jen Cook, who is the general manager of WUCF TV and FM. So do I. I bet you do. I'll bet you do. So, Jen, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to see you live and in person. I know, so, right? Yeah, we hear you're a listener, which is I am so happy. I am. So it's, yeah, it's exciting to meet you guys in person and to be part of this. Well, we're so, so happy you. that you're here. So you know the drill. We ask about people's sucker punches and challenges and how they found their resilience and accessed it. Yes. And then uncover their brilliance in those challenges. Yes. So. I'm going to let you tell your story, whatever parts you want, and Great. just we'll jump in whenever. Perfect. We can. Okay. Well, really, my story, you know, goes back to my early days. I grew up in Chicago, and I have always been obsessed with media. It was, I grew up, one of my earliest memories is going to the Bozo show in Chicago. <laughs> and I loved, I didn't care about Bozo. I loved watching the cameras, and I loved watch. I was like six. Wow. And I just remember, like, watching TV being made and thinking like, this is the most amazing thing. This is what I want to do. Wow. Um, so I had a kind of unique experience growing up because I always knew what I wanted to do. And so in high school, I would drag my friends downtown on the train and we would go to the NBC Tower in Chicago. We would do a tour. They used to offer tours. And every weekend we do another tour. And like by the I mean, my friends were like, enough, you know, um, but I did. And you collect pins every time you go, you get a pin saying you're on the tour. I had like 80 pins by the time I finished high school. It was obnoxious. I apologize. But but in high school, like I, I took TV classes and I took it very seriously. Like this is what I'm doing. People took it for fun and to make films and I was always very much like no I'm here to launch my career and it was I was always way too serious uh, for my own good and then I went to college and I think college was a really interesting experience because again I had already had like working media experience and so going to classes at college they were like well here's how you use a camera and I'm like I already I already know how to do this so I got a job um as a freshman in college at WKER, which is the PBS station associated with Michigan State University. Mm. So I started working in the PBS system as a college freshman, just as a student doing, you know, we used to record classes. And um, then I worked as a weekend news producer at the Fox affiliate in Lansing. And so I just, I did class, but class for me was like a part-time throwaway thing because I was already doing what I wanted to do. So I really didn't take school seriously, um, which we'll, we'll circle back to that, but I didn't take school very seriously. And I, um, in my senior year of college, I got an internship at Disney in their media relations department. And so I moved to Orlando 
and I worked doing all sorts of unbelievable, really unbelievable um, media experiences at Disney. So, so um, journalists would come down and I would have to escort them when they were on property. So that was really all I did is I babysat journalists. <laughs> they need a lot of babysitters. But in like the weirdest ways, in the weirdest ways, like my beat, it's, it sounds ridiculous to say it, but my beat was like, when celebrities come to Disney, I'm in charge of the media that covers the celebrities. So Britney Spears was there for like three weeks doing grad night and the Easter parade and all of these things. It was like 98, 99, right when her CD came out and people either knew her or didn't know her, but she wasn't like Britney Spears yet. But T- Teen Beat and Tiger Beat magazine Whoa. sent reporters to Orlando and I got to hang out with like Tiger Beat magazine. No, oh my gosh. And we, oh, went, we went, we went everywhere Britney went. We had dinner. We had breakfast. We, it was wild. 90 degrees came down. Oh. We spent like, we spent a solid week with 98 degrees. I had to drive Drew Lachey to the hospital because he uh, broke his finger playing basketball. Like it, like, and in Tiger Beat, they actually said like a special shout out to Jennifer Bresnahan, maiden name, uh, for being Tiger Beat cool. And I literally still have it framed in my office because I was like, oh, I have a shirt. This this might be the highlight of my life. I was in Tiger Beat magazine. So like, I really like that was, this is all I wanted to do, wanted to do. And then I kind of came to a point at Disney that I realized like my priorities were changing, right? Like I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a family and this job, while I loved it, I was working like Um, 60 hours a week and it would be all day and night. And I was on the cruise ship. I worked on the cruise ship for a while. It was just, it was a lot. And so I jumped into local news. I worked at a 24 hour news station in Orlando and again, 24 hour news. How is that? How is that a downside? It's it's right. So, so it was more consistent. So it was like, I knew I was working, you know, eight hours a day, you know, and the newsroom is tough. And I think newsroom life um, is always challenging, but I think for me, I always kind of took it as I always looked for opportunities and holes. And so I think one thing about me being resilient through all of the things in life is realizing that like Twitter came out while I was in a newsroom and no one was doing anything with it. And I was like, why don't we just start like a newsroom Twitter account? And my boss told me Twitter's just a fad. You need to get over it. And I remember being so upset. I was like, well, I'm doing it anyway. And I started like, I started all of our social media accounts. And to this day, that is now like their number one driver of traffic. Right. And so it's like, that's what I always tell people, like, don't be afraid to try and like find a hole and like make it yours. So then I became like the social media queen. And I was like, I don't actually know what I'm doing, but I'm just going (laughs) to pretend. Right. I'm just going (laughs) to run with it and pretend. So I, I, I really had a nice long experience in uh, the newsroom, but at some point I knew like news is really tough and news in a 24 hour newsroom is tough. And being in Orlando is tough because if you look at most news stories, some of them always touch back to Orlando. So Casey Anthony, space shuttle tragedies, launches, all the things, NASCAR, like Dale Earnhardt was killed at Daytona. Like all of these things take a toll on you as a person. George Floyd was one of the last, not George Floyd, I'm sorry. Um, Trayvon Martin was one of the last stories in Orlando that I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so, um, and then Sandy Hook happened. And I remember having to watch all of these videos, all of these raw videos of these kids. And I was like, I can't, and it was that moment where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so, um, 
I realized though that I had never, this is something I don't talk about a lot. I had never finished my degree because I just left early. I just went down to Disney and I was like, I'm already doing the job. I never finished my degree. So I like applied to UCF, University of Central Florida, where I now work. I got denied. (laughs) Oh my God. Because my grades were not very good. And my undergrad, because I didn't take it seriously. Yeah. Um, And so I wrote an appeal letter and I got in and all I needed to do was take one class. I needed three credits to graduate. That's oh it. That's you it. Stopped three credits short. Correct. And your mother didn't feel. Oh, it? she was very <laughs> mad at me. And, and, and that was, that was a big deal. But I was also like, I kind of equated it, which is not the correct route, but I was like, mom, I just went pro early. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that, how I was yeah. thinking like an athlete. Yeah. Correct. Like yeah. I just yeah. went pro went early. early. Yeah. Like that's all like, it's fine. I'm making money. Like I don't, but then at some point I was like, I just need to finish it. So I finished yeah. it. Yeah, Cause you might blow out your knee. And then you it, but I felt really like I was the old person in class, right? Like I had to go to a physical classroom with a bunch of very young college age children. And I was the old person and, and it, it was really like, wow. I got somehow t- a lot of time has passed and I yeah. need to finish this. And I took it like, again, so seriously. Cause I was like, this is so important to like end on a good note. And since the university like denied me, I need to prove that like you made the right choice. So I got like 108% in the class. Cause I did so much extra credit cause I was, you know, overachiever. So I finished thankfully. And then again, timing, this opportunity came up at WCF to be the communications manager. And I needed an escape plan from news just because it was like hurting my heart and my soul and like mental health. I just, I needed to get out of the daily news cycle. And so the beauty of public media and especially WCF is we don't have a newsroom. We don't do daily news, which is what I needed, but we explore the stories that are important to the community. So I could still use my passion for media and journalism, but not in the daily news cycle. So I applied to be the communications manager and thankfully I got it because I had great experience at PBS stations before. But the interesting thing was, is I never would have gotten it had I not gotten a college degree because that was a requirement to work Uh, in this role at the university. And it was just those three credits. It was just those three credits. So I got the position um, and I've been there ever since. But I, again, it's like, I'm finding myself in the same role I was in in the newsroom where I keep taking on different hats and responsibilities and things that I know nothing about. And I'm like, oh, do you want a program? Sure. What does that mean? I'll be your programmer. I don't know what that means, but I'll do it. Um, And so I'm just like, everything is is still about learning. And so a couple of years ago, um, I decided to go back to grad school. Which again, given my academic history was just kind of funny, but it's in this whole like lifelong learning. So I, I completed my master's in 2020 and I just started my PhD program, PhD program this fall. So now I'm going to get my doctorate in crisis communications. Um, Cause wow. that's, cause that's what now we do. Now wait a yes. That's a phenomenal Yes. Yes. So how does that fit in? It sounds to yes. me like you're very drawn to the challenging, you know, yes. crisis type thing. Correct. But there's also something about it that repels you. A hundred percent. So that's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, so we, you know, again, Orlando center of all crazy news, Pulse nightclub shooting when that happened. Terrible, right? Um, How do we as a public media organization who doesn't do daily news, how do we respond 
to our community in this time. And we had a real big like crisis of our own of like, what do we do? There's no sense in going downtown with cameras because every other news station is down there. Orlando is a very large news market. So like, what do our viewers come to us for that's different than every other news station in town? So we had to have a lot of really quick, like on a Sunday as Pulse was happening, conversations about how do we react to this? So one of the first things that I did as the social media person at the time was I posted like my favorite quote from Fred Rogers. That's like in the type of crisis, look to the helpers. So we posted that like very early that Sunday morning and it just like instantly went viral. I remember seeing it, which most people like are, none of our stuff ever goes viral. And that one like went viral pretty quick. And we were like, Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Cause it was such a, in line with your values and your company culture right and the mission and it was still like the story was still kind of breaking where like police were still trying to figure out what was going on inside and so it was like all of we just kept thinking about like the first responder mental health angle of like what are they even walking into like it was it's just a lot so that night as we started kind of leaning into that messaging we started getting all of these interesting questions i have obviously worked in media for so long all of my friends at all of the networks were also having their own mental health issues but also like we're all this age where we have children now and so they were like how do i talk to my kids about what is happening downtown yeah like we're driving downtown and they see these memorials and like what do we say to them and I was like, well, why are you asking me? And they're like, well, you're a PBS. You know how to talk to kids. And I was like, oh, oh I guess gosh. we do. So like really quick that day, we started to put together this program of like how to help or how to get help. Like, do you need help or do you want to give help? So we started with our partner organizations that were taking donations, that were doing blood donations, that were doing food, gift card, all the things. And then we started um, working with our partners at the UCF College of Education to really say like, how do we talk to kids? How do parents talk to their kids? How do teachers talk to their students about this particular incident? And how do we make them feel safe, right? Because it's like, this is in your backyard. Like the first question is like, well, this happened to me. And it's like, how terrible of a conversation, but like, I I think we need to be having these conversations. So we worked with the Fred Rogers um, productions. We called our friends at Sesame street. So we got some of their really amazing resources um, and share those kind of as first steps. But then we decided to start this project that we're still, it's still going strong today called meet the helpers. And it's again, taking the lessons from Mr. Rogers but um, through research communications, so part of my master's program was doing research around it mm-hmm. and talking about, you know, how do we create content to introduce children to important community helpers in the time of calm? So when there's a crisis, they're better prepared to handle it. Yes. And that giving families activities to do together beforehand, you know, especially in Florida too, it's like hurricane crazy. So it's like, okay, well, we need to build a supply kit. Let's go build it together. Here's what we need in case a storm comes to make sure that we're ready. And here's, you know, an evacuation plan if we need to do that. And here's, and and do it in a way that you're not scaring the kid, like, oh my God, a storm is coming. Right. Um, or to understand, you know, one of our videos that's really popular is meet a meteorologist. So it's like, she explains, like, here's the computer and here's how it tells us what's going to happen. And like, my job is to keep you safe. And your job is to, you know, pay attention and, yeah. and make sure you're doing your role in this 
um, in this emergency. So, wow. You know, when you first said, <laughs> I'm when you first said crisis communication, you know, and Mary Fran's first thought is, oh my gosh, but you wanted to get out of that. My first thought was actually, but you're in PBS and right. that's where we need the messaging to come from. Correct. Because everybody else in the media is on the fear train Correct. and the scare train. And we need somebody that the can give calm. us the other words. Right. And, and a lot of it is about, you know, like the risk phase, right? It's like making sure that like before, we're always like when a crisis happens, everyone wants to react, but it's like, we need to prepare better. Yes. Yes. And so a lot of it is just being prepared. But then, you know, one of the new phases we're like thinking of taking the research in is... You know, even if you look at, you know, the office, the awful school shooting in Texas, it's like, do law enforcement, did they know the right things to say when they go into a school? Right. You know, are we just further traumatizing these students mm -hmm. who all like, I just, it breaks my heart in so many ways. And it's just like, as a parent, right. It's like, I don't, I don't allow my kids. We have like a rule in our family, which is awful. But it's like after school shooting, you don't need to go to school. It's optional because I can't for me, for you, for our mental health. Yeah. We just need a day to like regroup and talk about what happened and make sure everyone feels safe. Right. Right. Instead of walking away, stuffing it. Right. And then the school's just like they're absent. Like, I don't care. Yeah. And so I think in the like, grand scheme of things. Right. I think we just need to take the community approach to some of these things and make sure that the people that are going into the schools as the emergency, you know, first responders also know the right words. Yeah. Do fire departments know the right things to say? Do 911 operators know how to talk to children if they're calling for help to not further traumatize them? So that's kind of where like the research is meeting the work in a lot of ways. So we produce this content also as a way, which is the beauty of PBS, um, to give back to other stations. So mm -hmm. when, when we had Pulse, all of these stations sent these amazing videos to us, like, you know, Iowa stands with Orlando and Rhode Island stands with Orlando and like Vermont PBS had put up a camera in the park and all these people came to the camera to say like, we're standing with Orlando, our hearts are breaking for like, it, it, we got all these videos and we were wow. like, this, I never, I never knew this was a thing and I oh my god so we put those on the air and then we started getting all these calls from people like it's so amazing to see I can't believe it mm -hmm. and so we felt this responsibility when we created helpers to like give back to the system mm -hmm. so we created all of these materials and all of these videos and a website that stations can use however they want in their markets they can put them on their air they can do whatever they want with them so right now the meet the helpers content is airing on more than 100 stations nationwide wow. which is really great and um you know we we started incorporating it into like a touch a truck event like just go and touch a fire truck. But then you're like, here are the three things we want the children to learn when they're talking to the fireman. Right. So like making these events that kids know and parents know yeah. have a little more of that learning approach so yeah. that they're understanding uh -huh. and taking away like it's not just a cool truck. It actually can help me if there's an emergency and I shouldn't be scared of it. Yes. Yeah. I think when, one of the things that I kind of want to jump back to is your sort of sudden awareness when people were asking you about how to respond, that this is what people feel about PBS. Yeah. So I think it translates to, to maybe to just everybody out there to, to try to 
see yourself how other people see you because yes. clearly you are delivering something in your day to day, in your work, yes. in your whatever. And we talk about this all the time. What is your brilliance that you're not often yes. even aware of? A hundred percent. And the brilliance yes. of PBS is yes. that ability. You know and I've said I've had this feeling since we've gotten <laughs> here. This along with the PBS people, you know, like yes, this it's going to be, it's going to be okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. We're here, here for you. Yeah. And, and that just that sort of, of identity. Yes allows you to bring your brilliance. A hundred percent. And I think so much of that, I, you know, part of my work through the years, mostly by mistake, um, has been, I'm apparently really good at branding. It's not something that I've Isn't ever. It funny how you stumble into your brilliance yes, sometimes. Hundred percent. Like what is this? But I didn't even know. I didn't even know. And when I started at Disney, I remember in my orientation in the media relations team, they were like, "Well, the you know, here are the offices of the branding managers, and there's a branding manager for each park, Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom." And I was like, I literally asked the guy, "What what do they do? I don't understand what they do. What does branding do?" And he was like. Um, well, you know, if we have like a Britney Spears here, we would want her to be at Hollywood Studios because it's like music entertainment and not at Magic Kingdom. So when there's rides and when there's attract, you know, all these things, we really think of what is the brand of that park and does it fit? Mm -hmm. And I remember my brain just like blowing up. <laughs> and to this day, like I remember that conversation, but, like I can't believe I asked that question. But also ever since then, it's just kind of been in my head of like, does it align with the message we're trying to sell? And so, you know, I always joke about like my personal brand. Everyone knows my personal brand, Jen Cook, <laughs> one word on Twitter, but like my brand, my personal brand is like superficial celebrity news, anything involving Patrick Dempsey, Adele. And so anytime, like it's, really embarrassing but like any time like Patrick Dempsey was separated from his wife for a while everyone was messaging me like did you know <laughs> this is your chance I'm like first I of all I'm married and second, remember when that happened. Right. second of all it's like I was like it's good that people know my brand because everyone's got my back when it comes to Patrick Dempsey news <laughs> or Adele news right so yeah. it's like so it's just I always joke that that's like my personal brand I me mean, walking around with this sweater it's just like my brand of like oh there's Jen doing extra because that's just kind <laughs> of that's just kind of what I do but I think it's so important and I think part of our struggle in our like crazy changing media landscape time is like people don't know what their brands are anymore. And so you see brands struggling to be something else. And I think even within PBS, we struggle a lot of like, how do we get younger? We need to bring in younger people. We need to, and I don't disagree, but I also think we need to do what we do and do it better because things like Downton Abbey, we didn't create Downton Abbey to be like, we need to get younger people. But guess what Downton Abbey did? It brought in people from all walks of life, all ages, yeah. all demographics. And and so, you know, I have people all the time that was like, I never watched PBS ever. And I got into Downton Abbey and I'm hooked. And I watch everything on PBS now. So, so it's like doing what you do would do it better and stop trying to be something else. And I think in this changing media landscape, there's so much of people trying to do the trendy thing or do yeah. the you know, change to be something else. So it's like, do what you do, but do better. And people will find you. And I, and I think that that translates into people. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
too. Like, do you do, do you brilliance? Do you don't try to do what everybody else's right. or keep up with them or have that yeah. thing or put. Or, although I will say there are certain filters on Instagram that I do try to figure out. Hundred percent, it's your filter that your kids look like. Hundred percent, your fireplace. Hundred percent. But I think it's so interesting. Even that, it's like I do have so many friends who are like, well, on Instagram, I only put things that are pink because pink is my brand, and I'm like. My brand is like all, all over the place, random celebrity nonsense travel. Like, it's just, you have to be authentic to who you are. And I think the the leaders that I have seen, even in the system that feel they, they can't be their true selves because of their job are the ones that have problems. So I see this and, and for some reason I'm hearing the word brand, but I'm also, because brand also has these kind of commercialized kind of hundred percent. But it also relates to your values. It's like hundred percent. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who are and you? let that speak for 100%. you. hundred percent. And I also want to point out how you had the nerve to ask that question. Mm-hmm. What do they do? <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> but when you find those questions in your brain, they're the questions you should pay attention to. hundred Because they are the things that hook into the stuff that's automatic with you, that your brain's automatically interested Correct. in. And it certainly led you to that place where you were like, oh, okay, so this is how my mind works. Yes. And I think for me, the, the big thing I say at work a lot is like, I am asking questions because I'm curious, not judgmental. So like right. sometimes people yeah. will take it the wrong way, but like, just know, like my brain is all over the place and my background in journalism, I will always ask questions and sometimes they're stupid and sometimes they're just, but sometimes, sometimes they are, (laughs) but sometimes there's always a reason. reason. And and either like, did I not understand? Did you not communicate clearly? Or is there more to this that we haven't thought about? And I think it's really hard in a, in a group of people that have maybe worked in this industry for X amount of, you know, a lot of PBSers, we've, we've been in media for a long time. So a lot of times when you ask people questions, they get real ruffled that like, how dare you, I've, I've worked in this industry for 45 years. And it's like, well, I'm not, it's not about you. It's just about the business or the changing nature. Like I just have, I'm curious yeah. how we got here. Yeah. How, and so I, I just love and how we can do it and better. how we can do it better. Well, curiosity always leads to innovation. Correct. And it's just like, I'm a curious person by nature. And so I try to make sure people know, like, it's not me being judgy or critical. Like I'm just really curious. Yeah. I love and it. that leads to all that good stuff that becomes creativity because if you're not asking questions, you're not growing. Correct. Wow. This has been a fun conversation. I, I have really enjoyed this. Jen really thank fun. you so much. You're for being very with welcome. Us. So first of all, tell us, first of all, give us one thing that, that you can leave us with. One one of your brilliance pieces about about how an everyday person can apply Jen Cook to her life or his life. Like, That's a what's great your question. Give us a philosophy. I think, you know, I I think it's about like just doing what you love and embracing it. You know, for me, I love I love television. I don't, I hate when things come out and they're like, everyone's watching too much TV. You're lazy. If you're, I watch everything, but it's my job. I want to know everything about everything. I actually work with people who are like, I don't own a TV. And I literally am like, Oh, <laughs> I think I have 10 in my house and there's three of us. Um, so like, so I watch everything. everything. You can about I, what you know. I watch everything. I read everything. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. I love TikTok. TikTok is my favorite place in the world. And, and so many people, so many people are like, it. so many people are like, why are you on TikTok? I learn so much on TikTok that 
I think makes me better at my job. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. I listen to explore any I listen of those to every places, podcast. Get whatever you can get yes. to help you with what matters to you. Correct. Go it's, everywhere. Go everywhere. Just be open. Keep learning. It's and where so can important. we find you, Jen Cook? Because we need to know. Well, professionally, you can find me at WCF in Orlando on Facebook. Um on and then, and then um the real action <laughs> is twitter.com. I'm at Jen Cook. Um, I'm at Jen Cook76 on Instagram. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I, I'm trying to fully embrace LinkedIn. Um, that's where you find me. Um, I was gonna say I'm on I'm on LinkedIn and, and TikTok. I am I some iteration of Jen Cook. No, I'm the Jen show. Oh, oh. on tiktok oh. um oh, that's also my that's also my peloton hashtag okay. for peloton writers out there the gen show well it. thank you so much for joining this has been a delightful it's conversation so, so much enjoyed hearing your story and hearing all your little brilliant yeah, bits and your wisdom and everything they're really so transferable to everybody i think every it really it is yes really are. thank you I'm feeling like maybe we need to have like a, a guest spot with you every month to check in <laughs> like the brilliantly resilient show and the gen show listen i'm i'm on board you a thousand followers to do a tic-tac live love it i love it i love it i love it do you have a thousand followers no i have like uh, 200 no, i, I don't post a lot but i'm on it all the time i did post a lot from the adele show in london and got like all my followers from there so there you go i'm i'm real big on adele tiktok I do a lot of stuff for the blind community, but I needed to get my followers up. So I did a, a thing of all the new Jeeps that I want. Oh, that's always the, because Jeep TikTok is like a big, yeah. the ducks. It's like a whole, it's a whole. Oh, the Jeep ducks. girl. Yeah, the ducks. Totally a Jeep girl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've gone way off to the side here and I'm just it. shocked. I'm shocked that we took a, <laughs> took a left turn there. Thank you so it. much for being Thank here. You guys. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll bring you more yeah. guests from live here at Nita. And, and don't tell anybody else that Janet's going to be one of our most favorites ever. <laughs> I'll see you all next Thank time. you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.